Welcome to the family with Tevin Pittman, co-host Catherine Brandt, and Andy Brandt-Bernard. Alex not coming in today, Michael Bryant is working today. Boy. We got all kinds of stuff cooking, there's no doubt about it. We'll be right back, kick things off with the family. Michael Bryant, Brad, Sean Bryant, what's the latest? Uh, we're just trying to represent people who've been injured through no fault of their own. We're trying to talk to them before they talk to an adjuster or before they take a settlement that isn't something they should get based upon their injuries. How many people are out there in different, not in the law business, that love to run around scaring people before you even get to them? Well, adjusters will want to settle cases right. and they want to close files. So based upon that, they do what they have to. Um, I think there's a lot of circumstances where they probably act as attorneys where they're not attorneys and they try yeah. to explain people's rights or they give them a certain view that if they look at it. And what I always say is this, if the adjuster really truly thinks the offer they made makes sense, they'd have them come see us. You know? And that's exactly my question is you have to understand who has the best your best interest in mind correct well you want to know what your rights are you know whether yep. or not you decide yep. you're going to hire us or not that's a choice it's a free consultation and you want to understand what your all your rights are and what coverages you have and plus the fact i hang out with you so you got to be a good guy <laughs> if i'm hanging out with you uh, maybe <laughs> uh, okay ladies and gentlemen michael bryant bradshaw and bryant tommy how long have you been at KQ? 36 years now. Wow, that's loyalty. Well, if I'm completely honest, it isn't the company that I'm loyal to. It's the listeners. I figured out a long time ago they're the only reason I have a job. Why are you asking? Well, we had another great month at Coon Rapids Nissan and Burnsville Nissan. In fact, Burnsville continues to be the number one Nissan store in Minnesota. The loyalty part. Get to the loyalty part. Oh, yeah. This month, if you buy or lease a new Rogue or a Pathfinder from us, we'll give you an extra 500 off as long as you own or are leasing a Nissan. That is cool. Do they have to trade it? Nope. It's just a reward for being loyal. By the way, the new Pathfinder is fantastic. It's got a nine-speed transmission, and JLo says it'll practically pull the building. We also cut a deal with our good buddy Charlie Swenson, who's running a Nissan store in Chicago. He gave us some extra rogues. Because Charlie's such a nice guy. Well, Paul might have threatened him. Sounds like Paul. For details, go to Walzer Nissan or Coon Rapids Nissan and claim your loyalty gift. Tommy, give him some Elvis loyalty. Thank you. Thank you very much. We are back, ladies and gentlemen. Tevin's here. Alex is not here. Michael Bryant's not here. Typical. She had just too much uh, Halloween cheer yesterday, so she can't, <laughs> couldn't come in. Boy, we were on fire this morning on the KQ Morning Show. We had Kane Hodder on. Uh, you know who Kane Hodder is. That's the guy with the mask and the axe and in uh, Friday oh, the 13th yeah, yeah, yeah. movies. That's Kane Hodder. Then we had Sven Gooley on. Oh, Sven Gooley. Ah, I said Sven Gooley. You heard me. What do you think of that I have action? no idea who Sven Gooley is. The only Sven I know is Sunguard. <laughs> How's he doing? <laughs> Not How well do you live in Minnesota well, and only know one Sven? Come on. <laughs> yeah, what the hell do you know one Sven? <laughs> yeah. Oh, and then wasn't Lena? Is that his wife, Sven and Lena? Yeah, is that, I think. Or yeah. Oli and Lena. Oh, yeah. So, yeah, I know one Sven. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Once you settle down. Tevin was telling me about this camp that you could go, like, a fri- what did you oh, say? The Friday fri- the 13th yeah, camp? If, yeah, there's where you go and pay to, like, stay in a cabin. And then there's like different levels where stab you. Yeah, they're like the first level is <laughs> yeah. it's like if you're on like your little base area, nobody will harass you. And then like the second level is your safe space is like inside your tent or cabin, but they'll still like bang on the outside. They just won't come in. Oh, they won't and come in. And then the right, third yeah. level is like you all are just going to slowly disappear over the course of the night and have fun running and hiding and surviving. Well, well it might be good. No, I would. Um, I'm out. Come on, you big baby. I, what, I'm not going to about to pay money to just get in my car and leave. Well, it's because you're going <laughs> to get in my car. You're going to get scared away quickly, are you? <laughs> <laughs> a lot of fright on this on your well, end. Like, what deal. happens if you disappear in the first hour? You just sit there in the lounge. <laughs> yeah, that's, yeah. That's, yeah. More yeah. that's true. Yeah. That's a good point. Yeah, you get to be by the fireplace right. and yeah, the bar. <laughs> I guess, yeah. That's okay, then. It's an open bar, so. <laughs> the bad thing is that real life is just like the movies. The black guy died first. <laughs> but on the bright side, I get to sit at the bar. Yeah, well, you'd be a multimillionaire if you would have been able to uh, take a video of that your friend who was, yeah. was afraid oh, at that. Yeah. I have a question yep. for you. Oh. Aren't Good you people supposed to be show. fast runners? Well, we got <laughs> you people. <laughs> the show hasn't oh, even been wow. on for 10 minutes. I think our guest is on. <laughs> we got Christoph on Christoph the, the magician. 
Christoph. Good morning. Could you make Tevin disappear? He's sitting here right next to me. He's a pain. Well, he's not even responding. One of my more expensive illusions. I understand. Magic Unmasked, the comedy magic of Christoph, the magician at the Southern Theater in Minneapolis. Worked my way through. So you worked your way through college and law school performing magic. What a dream come true that is for most people, I would imagine. It was a lot of fun, yeah. Beat the hell out of studying. I understand. So you grew up in the area here? I was born in the Twin Cities, and then I went to high school up in Ely, Minnesota, and then came back down to the cities for college and law school. And you still living in the area? I do, yeah. That's wonderful. Not in the western suburbs. I am very, very upset, because I'm the only guy I know in radio that didn't study magic. Like Glassman, he had every magic and uh, the magic trick and cards and toys. And my He did? Oh, he wanted to be a magician in the worst way. Oh, didn't know that about him. Apparently he sucked at it, but you know, other than that. Does it take, Christoph, does it take a special kind of understanding of magic to be good at it? I mean, you have to understand how to make things appear. You have to know that, don't you? No, that's all something you can learn. The uh, oh. There's actually different kinds of magicians. There are the people who invent tricks, uh, which I am not, uh, but those people need to know how to really decide how to make something disappear. And then a lot of us are just performers who, you know, are basically actors with some sleight of hand thrown in. So did you study acting, or, or, or would you be I, one, one of those? I did not. I guess I just kind of came by it naturally and felt pretty comfortable up on stage or in a courtroom for that matter. So there was a that was definitely my strong suit for both professions. See, I think that's a wonderful thing. Now, I literally, well, the only trick I ever performed when I was 16, I disappeared from high school. Thank you very much. Great to be here. <laughs> anyway, moving forward. Magic on Mass, the comedy magic, Christoph, the magician at the Southern Theater, as we said, in Minneapolis. Tell us about the show. I'm sure. Now, what nights are you running? Well, uh, (laughs) I think there may have been a little bit of uh, miscommunication when I first was dealing with the uh, producer. That show had yet to occur, but it actually ran October 1 and 2 at the Southern Theater. Damn it, I wanted to come, Christoph. Now I got nothing to do. It's your fault. <laughs> I'm sorry. I wish I could have spoken to you sooner. I actually had two tickets with your name on them. I knew it, but it disappeared. <laughs> yes, just like high school. <laughs> just like well, I like that. It was a good line, Christoph. There's no doubt about it. Yeah. Kid, I suppose most children—six, seven, eight, nine years old—they they want to be or think they can be magicians, and they. But it actually takes a lot of work to be a good magician, doesn't it? Well, it does. And and part of it is really um, genetic. And I don't know what the formula is, but a lot of us get the magic bug when we're about six or seven years old. And some of us get bitten very deeply and just can't stop. Uh, but there are a lot of other people who just play around with it, get a magic kit here and there and touch two things and put it away forever. But um, otherwise, you, you get the bug and you work at it long hours. For a long time. Yeah, I could see that happening. Now, when I was young, well, to this day, to tell you the truth, Christoph, I have always loved magic. I like watching watching magic. I like going to magic shows. I remember this is one guy, Catherine. You and I were in a restaurant, and I can't remember where we were. Vegas. Was in Vegas? Mm-hmm. And this guy walks up, and he said, I want to show you a trick. And I still don't know how the hell he did it. But he was holding a cigarette in his right hand, and without moving his hand, the cigarette moved out of his hand, floated through the air, into his other hand. What the hell? That's not fair. Uh, that's a great piece. I, you could, there, I didn't see any. If there are any strings or wires or anything, I have no idea. I didn't see them. Yeah. I suppose you don't want to no, tip me off the hook. So how do you... That, that would ruin it for you, Tom. You don't I want know. To it would, no, anyway. you're right. Well, the would. smart thing about using a cigarette is people would be worried about the cigarette falling on them That's or true. Coming, burning them. So you're so concentrated maybe on watching the cigarette. Maybe if there's a wire or something, you wouldn't see it. Remember, it floated through the air, though, for like three, four feet. Yeah, it's got to have, it has to do it somehow. Well, I know he's got to do it somehow. That's all. I thought it was cool. That's a whole genre of magic that is unfortunately being lost because nobody smokes anymore. Oh, so you really true. can't do cigarette magic. Yeah, could use that's a, true. Use a vape pen. 
Yeah, there you go. <laughs> sure, you could use a vape. They're a little heavier, but I see people vaping all the time. Is there one magic trick? In, uh, well, the, let me put this two ways. Is there one trick that you've been trying to to complete uh, for many many years? You just don't have it to your satisfaction yet, or is there one trick that took you a long time? You know how to do it. Some of these things must take a long while to perfect, don't they? Oh, they do. Yeah, I have pieces in my repertoire right now that I didn't perform until I had been working on them for close to a year. Um, and there are some things that I'm still working on. My my wife just loves that they're piled up in the garage that I'm, I've been working on for over a year and still haven't felt comfortable to put it on stage. See, that's what I'm saying. I mean, you guys, I don't know that people realize how hard magicians do work. You guys work very hard. If you were talking to a full-time performer, you can assume that he or she is putting in at least six or seven hours a day practicing the craft. Unbelievable. It's almost a full-time job. (laughs) Yes, I would say. (laughs) Except it's fun. I mean, it it is never like work. It is always fun. God, I want... I. I want to have fun. There's still time. There's still time. No, seriously, are there certain kinds of people, like, again, full disclosure, from the time I was four years old to today, so all this, my entire life, I love magic. I love watching magic. I I don't really spend a whole lot of time figuring out how you guys do these things. I just love the fact that you can do them. You are the ideal audience, Tom. I am. Gosh, I wish I was working for you. No, I believe me, I am a perfect audience for a magician because I just, I find it to be fun. I find it to be very entertaining. You guys do put on a, you go with a lot of panache when you're doing the tricks, which I really like that too. I don't know, the whole thing. I just love watching magicians work. Well, wonderful. I hope your, your listeners pay attention and get that same spirit going. Yeah, well, they should, absolutely. Uh, I kind of was always irritated with Penn and Teller. I was like, why would you tell everybody how these tricks are? <laughs> That's You're true, You're ruining yes. it for everybody. That's true. Yeah, what about that, Krista? Yeah. Well, that's a that's a good question because at first I felt the same way and was fairly aggravated by it. But, you know, what they were doing is actually trying to press magicians into developing new techniques and new methods for doing things so they would reveal the... Uh, traditional way of doing something only to they refer to them as sucker effects or gotcha effects only to then turn it on its ear and come up with something that's even more mystifying so they have pushed the art forward and made magicians to learn and develop new ways and new techniques so we spend half the time fooling each other now is is there one trick out there that, 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 that uh, let's say a, a lot of magicians would agree might be the hardest trick to do or is there no such trick I think well there there is a legendary trick called the trick that cannot be explained and there is still a lot of debate about um, whether it was done with the aid of a stooge or not and it essentially had someone just um, thinking of a card and that card just so happened to be the one that was sitting in the deck turned over and the magician never touches the deck. So there is some debate about whether that was really the way it was done or if the person who was thinking of the card was in on it, so to speak. But that happened decades ago. And uh, magicians still do that effect in various permutations. Uh, And I do it with some variations. But uh, if there is a legendary trick, that is perhaps it. So, go ahead. Oh, remember that one? It was at the same place. Um, there was some restaurant in Vegas. I don't remember the name of the restaurant, and I don't remember the name of the magician, unfortunately. But um, he had somebody pick a card, and then he put, and then like I don't know, he wasn't anywhere near our table. A while later, he came over and poured water on the tablecloth, and the card was under was under yeah, the, we're all the all tablecloth. That's right, yeah. mm. What? Waiters love that trick. <laughs> I was like, right. how the hell did yeah. he do that? How, yeah. See, I didn't want to know. You're right, Catherine. I don't want to know how any tricks are performed because I love watching. I'm the opposite. I, you want to I want to know how they're all done. Yeah. I, I tend to I like the explanation. I don't mm. know if Christoph's going to tell you. Sorry, you might be on the outs on that one. And Because it was just a random card. He didn't know mm. which one it would be. 
Unless there's or some way, he, or, or maybe there was unless, like cards. Maybe they're all, all the over same the card. <laughs> no, yeah. But it was the same one underneath the tablecloth, and he was, and we were sitting down. It wasn't like mm-hmm. he came over and stuck his hand up the tablecloth and stuck it in there. It was just weird. I were, thought that was a pretty good one. I was impressed. Were there 52 tables in the restaurant? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That actually That's might be an right, explanation. You. I love That's it. What I, do. Yep. I love it, Kristoff. That's fantastic, mm. as a matter of fact. Do you think... But the well, random that's one, card. That's one way to get there, though. It would be, yeah. That's mm-hmm. one way to get there if you put a card under every tablecloth in the place. Yeah, but you picked a card. Somebody picked a card. Yeah, but you got 52, so one for each card. You just go to the table right. that corresponds to the right card. Oh. Well, right, no, because <laughs> that's actually not a bad explanation. <laughs> Did you do, like, a trick for your table and then was like, okay, and then here's your card right here? Or was it like he did a trick somewhere else and was like, oh, I walked over to the... Well, he he did go. He he came back later. Oh, okay. So maybe mm. he was like, I don't know. I thought it was magic. Uh, <laughs> Catherine, it was magic, and I'm not seriously <laughs> suggesting he needed 52 tables. <laughs> <laughs> it wasn't serious. It was a good joke, though. I thought it was a really terrific. Joke, I liked it. Yeah, I don't think there's any question about it. where. How old were you the first time you appeared on stage doing magic? Oh. Well, it depends on what we define as a stage. I mean, well, if you want to call it as a at a church show or a high school show, I was probably about, oh, 15, 14, 15 years old. And you walked but, out on uh, did you walk out on stage with any panache, or did you were you terrified? <laughs> I was terrified. I bet you were. <laughs> I bet you were. Yeah. Yeah. God, I just, and because of how young I was, I actually had to do it sober back then. Things have changed. Oh, my God. Now you can have a few wheels and you're good. Hey, look at that. He made another fifth disappear. Are <laughs> 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 magicians generally big drinkers? I never thought of that. Well, you know, there <laughs> there is this division of authority about whether you should drink when performing or not. Many Many performers will tell you that um, you got to perform cold sober. You've just got to because... So much of what we do is is difficult, mm-hmm. requiring mental agility as well as physical sleight yeah. of hand. Sure. Yeah. And then there are others of us, <laughs> present company included, <laughs> who think that uh, perhaps having one martini before you walk out on stage makes you be more of yourself. You don't actually change your character. You just step into it a little further. Right. Well, this, that makes sense. What, Catherine? Oh, martinis, I, I agree. <laughs> <laughs> Catherine just became a magician, Christoph. You just turned She's my wife into a magician her whole life. <laughs> yeah, I do have one question. Why is it before I met Catherine, all the other women I dated disappeared? What What's that magic all about? Because I drink martinis. Oh, that's a, <laughs> that's a question for Catherine. That's way outside of my yeah. There's no magic there is what you're saying. It's not a, it's not a magic thing. Well, in keeping with the Halloween spirit, you were ghosted. Yeah. Oh, there see, you go. Oh, now we're working Ooh. all of it in today. The yeah. and, and Christoph, as a magician, what do you think of like shows like Netflix's uh, Magic for Humans or Dane Cook or not Dane Cook? Uh, Who's a magician? Chris Angel had the Mind Freak Chris show Angel, the mind way freak, back yeah. in the day. Oh, yeah. do, those, do those shows annoy yeah. you? Is it like, oh, I want to learn how to do stuff like that? Or is it all just TV magic? Well, Chris Angel annoys me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and Pretty much every magician uh, says that, I think. Yeah. But the others, Magic for Humans? No, I love those shows. I think they're terrific. So wh- yeah. I'm not asking you this, Christoph, because you're in the business. What annoys you guys about Chris Angel? Like, I don't know. I know who he is, but I've never seen him perform. I, like, I don't think he annoys me as much as he annoys other people. Oh, really? Probably not. Yeah. Well, I, I don't really know a whole lot about him, but from what I understand, a lot of it is just set up ahead of time. Right. It's TV magic. You know, you can do anything with enough cameras and well, enough suppose, cuts. Yeah. So And mirrors. And, yeah, smoke yeah. and or mirrors. Mm-hmm. Well, it's like, remember when, uh, was it David Copperfield, he made the Statue of Liberty disappear, and everyone was like, oh, how would he do that? Yeah. Literally, all he did was rotate a stage 90 degrees. <laughs> <laughs> really not that difficult to do, but it requires a whole lot of setup and a whole lot of, uh, you know. But couldn't the audience just look behind him and go, oh, there it is? No, it was like the, um, also, why the Carousel of Progress. You just... Oh, yeah, yeah. okay. Yep. Yeah. Exactly. Well, that seems kind of janky. 
but I mean, <laughs> well, there was also like there were some mirrors involved, I think, so you could see the same skyline. Oh, but oh, then yeah. the uh, Statue of Liberty wasn't there anymore. Yeah, which is you know, it's a, it's a cool effect, but I don't know. It's not really a trick. It's mm-hmm. yeah. It depends on how you uh, define you know magic, I suppose. What was that guy that we used well, to watch? Actually, Sorry, I was going to say you've actually studied this. I mean, you obviously looked into the history of that effect quite a bit. A little bit, yeah. That was one of the ones that, when I was a kid, that was like everyone was mystified. So I was like, "How yeah. you know? How yeah. do you make? How do you make this?" He couldn't have dropped a gigantic black cloth over the Statue right. of Liberty. People would freak out. So I was like, well, you know, how could he have possibly done that? Oh, so. co- that was kind of Copperfield's heyday is when you were a kid. Absolutely, yeah. yeah. He was like straight, the big magician when I was a kid. And the yeah. straight jacket was always, I feel like, the other trick oh, did that, he do that magicians, one? Straight that jacket like every magician tried to down. do. Yeah. 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 Oh, Houdini. Houdini yeah. started Houdini, that whole thing, yeah. I think. <clears throat> I think he did. Mm-hmm. I think he, uh, yeah, I think that's absolutely true. That, that. He he had what did he have like a ruptured appendix is what killed him or something? Well, he did a quote unquote trick where you could punch him in the stomach as hard as you wanted and he wouldn't get hurt because oh. he knew how to like tense up the right muscles and take the blow and that kind of thing. So what happened was he was laying on the couch and some guy goes up to him and he's like, "Hey, I heard you can punch you and you won't get hurt." And he just sucker punches him in the kidney. Oh, oh. my god. And yep, yeah, ruptured kidney. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> not not a good thing to do. Christoph, anybody ever sucker punched you when you're on stage? <laughs> not while I'm on stage, but it certainly has happened. Yeah, <laughs> yeah there you go. Don't forget, I was, I was a practicing lawyer for 35 years. That is true. Oh, what kind of law? Uh, employment law. Oh, so that's a good thing. So how do you have time to do practice magic seven to eight hours a day and become a lawyer? Yeah, well, for, so for a couple of decades, magic just became a hobby. Uh, after I started, you know, trying cases and whatnot, it was impossible to keep doing magic sufficiently to perform it professionally. Mm-hmm. Uh, but then about six, seven years ago, I decided, you know, I really miss that stuff. And so I started doing it on a semi-pro basis. Mm-hmm. And then in 2019, I retired from law to do it full time. You know, one thing I've I've discovered, Christoph, by being in radio and running your mouth a lot, that uh, lawyers can make your money disappear quickly too. <laughs> Some more than others. Yeah, that's been mentioned. <laughs> <laughs> he goes, yes, that's been mentioned. I don't know. I just is what, is there anyone that can get the? I suppose not, but I'm just asking. Is there any one person? I don't care. I, Three thousand years ago, that that was the very first magician. I mean, is there anybody getting that kind of credit, Christoph? Uh, no, I, I mean the so, yeah. there are certainly big names that go back hundreds of years, like um, Robert Houdin, which is where Houdini took the name from. Yep. Oh, okay. Robert Houdin was a French magician, and he was one of the early great magicians. In fact, he was actually used to try and keep. Um, the locals, France would send him places to try to keep the locals impressed with how uh, amazing and powerful the French were. Uh, so <laughs> he, 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 really, he literally did. You may have seen the bullet catch routine. Yeah, yeah. Oh, sure. Yeah. Various magicians have done that, right? So somebody takes a pistol and aims it at the magician and he catches it in his teeth. Right. Um, well, that was actually done by Houdin to quiet a local chieftain in North Africa. I can't recall which country it was, Ooh, wow. but the the uh, they each took a pistol, and the chieftain shot at Robert Houdin, and Houdin smiles, and there's the bullet in his teeth. He spits it out, and then, of course, the, the chieftain is wetting himself as Robert Houdin levels his pistol at him, but then he turns and points his gun at a whitewashed wall, fires, and blood splatters all over the wall. Whoa! Oh. Insurrection cured. <laughs> Insurrection cured, baby. Well, God, yeah, that's closer to sorcery than it is right. to magic. Oh, yeah. God, yeah. Ooh, Andy went with sorcery. I like mm-hmm. it. It works for me. No doubt about that. Who's the guy again? David uh, Blaine. David Blaine, yeah, he he, how did man, he got big too, didn't he? Yeah, yeah. He, was, yeah he was another. He one was of those one of those. TV. Yeah, 
the bigger ones. Didn't when he I was do here. like a thing where he stood in a box like up in the sky in Vegas or something yeah. for like three days? I think yeah. That's right. yeah, yeah. He was more like tests of endurance. He did a lot of right. Yep. Yeah. Christoph, do you think and he that... still does? Oh, he still oh, does. does he? Okay. Yeah, but at the, at the same time, he does some really wonderful work with cards and close-up stuff. Yeah. He's, but if if you go to a stage show, you know he'll he'll stay underwater for like. 20 minutes or something yeah holding his breath so he does those kinds of effects yet but he's a legitimate quality close-up performer at the same time christoph can you stay with us for another segment uh yes i can excellent christoph the magician we'll take a quick break we'll be right back with uh, part two of hour one and we are back with stretches picks you know tom uh, there's a lot of analysis that goes into these picks yeah and uh, I highly recommend betting, of course. I always recommend betting. Yeah, absolutely. So who's winning this thing? The kitties, the pack, the bears, or the purple? None of the above. Those are all the teams in the division. I know that. Well, who's your pick? I'm going with Sabre Plumbing, Heating, and Air Conditioning. What? It's not a football team. I know, but it's a hell of an HVAC company. They do the most thorough system tune-up in the industry. Sabre is one of the largest Bryant dealers in the state, which means you save. Yep, I'm going with Sabre, Sabre and Bryant, doing whatever it takes to keep you comfortable. It's also the smartest time to call and schedule your furnace tune-up with Sabre. Get the most thorough tune-up in the industry from the people who keep my home comfortable. Oh, uh, one more thing, Tom. What's that? Visit SabreHeating.com. Tom Bernard talking with Brad Huckle and Michael Bilski of North American Banking Company. We've talked a few times over the years about how North American Banking Company has helped local businesses when they're ready for expansion. We love talking about the success of our customers. One example is suburban manufacturing in Monticello. They create innovative products that produce clean, dry air that is needed during the manufacturing process. We recently helped them expand their business. Moving into a new building gave them the space they needed to add new equipment and production lines. We were able to step in quickly and provide the financing they needed when they needed it. When we help businesses like Suburban Manufacturing with their expansion, it's beneficial for our customers, but their growth also creates new jobs in our community. So they make stuff that produces clean, dry air for manufacturing after working with Bilski. Do they breathe easier with their business belt? We certainly hope so, Tommy, and that's no hot air. Nice one. Why not bank with my banker? North American Banking Company, a better banking experience, member FDIC, and equal housing lender. As you know, my friend Mike Lindell has a passion to help everyone get the best sleep of your life. He didn't stop by simply creating the best pillow. Mike created the new Giza Dream bed sheets. They look and feel great, which means an even better night's sleep for me, which is crucial for my busy schedule. Mike found the world's best cotton called Giza. It's ultra soft and breathable, but extremely durable. Mike's Giza sheets come with a 60-day money-back guarantee and a 10-year warranty. The first night you sleep on the Giza sheets, you will never want to sleep on anything else. Giza Dream sheets come in a variety of sizes and colors. Mike's making a special offer for my listeners. You buy one set, get another set absolutely free. Go to MyPillow.com, click on the radio listener square, and use promo code TOM. There you'll find not only this amazing offer, but also deep discounts on all MyPillow products, including the MyPillow mattress topper, MyPillow towel sets, and so much more. Call 1-800-516-5146. Use the promo code TOM. Go to MyPillow.com. Make sure you use the promo code TOM. We are back, ladies and gentlemen. Our special guest, Christoph the Magician, promoting Magic on Mass, the comedy magic of Christoph the Magician. Uh, I still can't believe I missed the Southern Theater appearance. So when's your next appearance, Christoph? Um, well, actually, I was in uh, doing traveling private events. Uh, last week, I was in Las Vegas. This week, I'm in California. And next week... Um, I'm back in Minneapolis for some private events, but uh, public events in Minnesota, I don't actually have scheduled. They're all mostly corporate, private holiday-type parties over the holidays. Well, that's a good thing, though. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. There have to be, i got to believe, because you don't see, um, you know, like a, a stand-up comedians will appear on stage you know, all over American, blah, 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 blah. i got to believe that if you if you did a lot of 
public events, you'd run into a lot more pains in the ass out there. Oh, yeah. Can you even imagine People that? coming up to him after the show is like, <laughs> can you make my wife disappear? Can you? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Apparently Catherine loved that one. <laughs> I've never heard that one before. <laughs> right. Never. I so, have heard that many times. Yeah. I bet, yeah. Oh, that and, and the lines, the lines that men... The line when I walk up to a table to do that strolling close-up kind of magic typically mm-hmm. is, Love it. Uh, "Can you make it bigger?" Uh. If, the, if that's coming from a woman, she's referring to her diamond ring, and if it's coming from a man, he's referring to the one-dollar bill that he has sitting on the table. Oh, that! I know that is the direction you thought I would take. <laughs> Way to go, filthy Catherine down there! What? You're the one that moaned. I heard it. I didn't. Liar. <laughs> lies, all lies. No, I, I, see, I don't understand. I, I got to believe, though, because I've, I've been to comedy shows before. Last time, matter of fact, I appeared. I won't even say where it was because it wasn't their fault. I literally had to go over and tell the guy, you need to shut up because you're getting... I mean, he got mean with the comedian up on stage. Do pe- people don't do that to magicians, do they? Uh, only if the magician tries to take them on. I, that isn't the way I do it. I yeah. don't try and get into a rally of put-downs. I just try and ignore them and move on and start taking attention away. Um, but it can happen. You know. Depends I, on how many martinis they have. Well, I suppose. <laughs> and there have to be people who end up at shows with their friends or whatever, people that don't like magic. Because there are people that go to comedy shows who don't like stand-up comedy. Yeah, it makes no yeah. sense. But it got to be people that go see magicians that don't want to or just don't understand magic or, or whatever. So you don't have to deal with any. That's very smart. You don't engage them because otherwise they'd never shut up. Yeah. And there are there are occasionally unfortunate events, even when you're doing it for corporate groups. I had uh, I was working for about 150. Uh, uh, the audience had about 150 employees in it and they they did a lot of construction work. And everybody was suggest. I, I was calling for a volunteer, and everybody said, ask for, I don't remember what his name was. Let's say it was Fred. Have Fred go up. Have Fred go up. So I can't see which person is Fred. And I asked Fred to join me up on stage. And this guy comes up, um, looked like he had just gotten off of his Harley, but was still wearing his sunglasses. And this is 10 <sighs> o'clock at night. Comes up, turns his back to the audience, grabs puts one hand on each side of my table and just leans into it to kind of nose around and see what it could find. I knew this was going to be a bad scene right away. <laughs> you think? So I just asked him one question, did something really quick, and sent him back to the audience from whence he came because it was just going to get worse by the second. What? Why? And why would he want to do that, Christoph? I don't understand. Why don't we just enjoy it and have a good time? Show off. Probably. Yeah, no, you're exactly right, Catherine. People want to show off. They mm-hmm. want to be the center of attention, and Ugh. so this is their best shot at it. You know what's so great sad. about that? Is if you, sad. If you took, a, <laughs> took the average person and made them the center of attention for two days, they'd get so sick and tired of it, they'd never want to be the center of attention true. again. Mm-hmm. They think they want to do that, but you don't want that. You don't want to be. I would, I mean, can you imagine being able to walk down the street if you're, you know, Brad Pitt? You can't even walk down the street. Why would you I want know, to be the be center? Horrible. Of no. That'd be terrible. <clears throat> it wouldn't be. Good. Well, we have another rule of thumb when we're trying that. This is what magicians learn as they're practicing and working more on stage. Is how do you decide on who the right person is to have on stage, and oh, how do you yeah. figure out? Because you don't get to talk to them, you don't get to debrief them. Uh, how do you know who you don't want? And I can't discern that by looking at someone. Right. But they can. The person who really wants to come up on stage is the last person mm-hmm. you want to have up on stage. <laughs> oh. <laughs> they want to take over? Is that the yeah. plan? Yeah. yeah. I was only called up on stage once at a magic show. Where was that? I oh, remember was that. that. Oh, was at the Kennesaw, the old Kennesaw Theater. Uh, I don't remember where we were. I don't remember it was over, uh, yeah, uh, over there by Loring Park. The, you, when I was a little boy who lived at 1200 Spruce Place, there was a Kennesaw Theater. I don't even still call it Kennesaw Theater or not. I've never heard that. No, so mm-hmm. Probably not. Yeah, there's, you know, the movie theater, it's over on about, I don't know, probably like 14th and Nicollet or something like that, 12th and Nicollet. 
No clue. I don't know. I don't remember. But but in any case, I, I think were, I know which one you're talking about. But that's it's not called the Kennesaw. We went to the show there several years ago, and they called me up on stage, and and I just cooperated. I just Christoph, what I did is they I did what they told me to do. Is that what you're supposed to do? Exactly. Yeah. I mean, there can be some really fun opportunities for spontaneous humor, oh, it was fun. improv yeah. style, with some interaction. But you know, you, you're you need to do what you're being asked to do, or it's just going to get ugly for everybody. Yeah, it seems to me to be, be the prudent one. The only thing I did, <clears throat> I, I know at one point the magician pulled out like a sword or something like that, and I took a little sidestep <laughs> <laughs> because I thought it would be funny, and the people did laugh at that. But it, I didn't take anything away from him. I just stepped to the side a little so I could be a little further away from him right. with his, with his mm. sword, you know? Yeah. I honestly, I don't. Why? Why do you think it is? Some people do because I, I cannot remember a time, Christoph, where I didn't like to watch magic. I, since the time I was a little kid, I loved it. I don't know why, but there are some people who just don't like it, um, and I, I don't know what it is in the chemistry. But I've got friends who, uh, well, one friend in particular who just says, <laughs> "Yeah, I don't like magic," and turns and walks away as soon as I start to perform. Uh, it's it's odd. Maybe it freaks them out or something. I, don't know, I guess it's like not liking sports. You know, it's a similar kind of thing. They're both forms of entertainment. Like, yeah, but, true. You know, sometimes you just don't care. I guess. Well, the one guy that I can think of, the the most famous guy who doesn't like magic is Jerry Seinfeld. He does not like magic at all. And he'll talk about uh, it once yeah, What does Jerry Seinfeld like, though? Really? Well, that's he true. Jerry Seinfeld. Yeah, what, other what, than Jerry what Seinfeld. does he like? <laughs> <laughs> but, but you you know what's interesting is the other star of the show, the, the short guy. I'm blanking on his name right now. Jason Alexander. Um, yeah. Jason Alexander. Uh, mm-hmm. J- Jason Alexander is a magician in his own right. He's really quite good. That's what I understand. Huh. I, yeah, I remember one time seeing... Uh, Seinfeld years and years ago, and he walked out on stage and he said, "What's with this magic thing? Why do you people like magic? I mean, here's a quarter. Now it's gone. Who gives a damn?" And it wasn't funny. I mean, it was just. I wonder if it's because of like he's a very much so like a traditional comedian. So if he doesn't like like the prop type of comedy, and that kind of stems over uh, into the magic. Yeah, well, I don't like prop comedy, but I love magic, but I don't like prop comedy. You don't like Carrot Top? No. Not a big fan. <laughs> oh, he's a nice guy. I do like Carrot Top as a person. He's a nice guy, but I'm not, I'm not yeah. big on a, oh, look what I did with a mop. I don't mm. care. Smashing what watermelons? <laughs> Gallagher? No, that's yeah, Gallagher. Gallagher. Yeah, yeah. he's a burner. No question. But well, that's not even prop comedy. That's just like, you know, I don't know how to close this show, so here you go. <laughs> well, he knew how to close it when he sold his, they sent his brother out in the same outfit. Yeah, that's true. That was that deal. I don't know. I Like I said, Christoph, I think... I think magic makes most, I would say, I don't know, 95% of people happy. It makes me very, it just, you wonder how they put it together. I suppose there's no way to tell the average time to put together a really good trick. There's probably no, it's got to take, what, days and days, hours, months? How long does it take to get put together a really good trick? To, to figure it out, to invent it, or yeah, to yeah. practice it to proficiency? Well, both, actually. It'd be fascinating uh, if you answered both, yeah. Mm, well, again, since I'm not an inventor, I can't tell you from much personal experience, but my friends who do that sort of thing will spend years working on something before they develop the right ideas for how they're going to string it along. And then the performance aspect although at the same time there are other times when you know they'll figure it out in two days and it just all comes together uh like a lightning bolt but as far as the proficiency it depends on if it's a medium that you use a lot i'm i'm thought of particularly for close-up work as kind of a card guy so Mm -hmm. i can pick up most most card magic within a few hours of practice i can do most of the things that are new but if I venture into something that I don't regularly do, again, it can it can easily take months before I'm comfortable doing it for anybody besides my wife. <clears throat> no, I, that makes sense. Is there one magician in the world, or the, throughout history, of course, that that all magicians look toward and go, "My God, that that person was the best ever." Is there one of those? Yes, yes. Die Vernon. His nickname is the Professor. 
Oh yeah. Andy, well, you also you know about this. I know about him. That was a while ago, though. So what was the deal? What's the deal? Why was he so good? Uh, he was he was masterful at at both sleight of hand and misdirection, and he could put together a routine that was extremely entertaining. Um, and he was always happy to teach other magicians, and he he just became famous for it. He was. He was on in residence at the Magic Castle in Hollywood, California, for many years, and oh, sure. magicians would just flock there to study and be entertained. He was a little before my time. Like when? Yeah. Like he died shortly after I was born. Oh, he did. Okay. Oh. Yeah. God, that's un- unfortunate. Well, not shortly. You know, several years, but still. Christoph, I need a favor from you. <clears throat> we were supposed to receive a uh, a, a shipment from you today. Yeah. Uh, they didn't bring it into the studio. They just put a note on the door saying they'd try again, even though they should have just put it in the studio. It would have been nice. Is there any chance when we receive that we could reach out to you and do the trick that day? Please do. I would love. I'd love to do that, Christoph. We'll, and you'll probably get it sometime today, maybe. Or uh, well, it's up to FedEx, I suppose. Whenever they want to show up. Mm-hmm. Well, they could bring it yeah. in the morning, Well, because I'm here in the morning anyway. They could bring it in the yeah, morning or the afternoon. leave a note on the door. Tell them when to bring it. Yeah. That's a good idea. But, yeah, I'd like to reach out to you again, Christoph, and do the trick on the – I like I said, you, there is no bigger fan of magic than me. I love it. So I will reach out if that's okay with you. Absolutely. We'll have a good time. We shall. Thank you for your time today, Christoph. Great talking to you, sir. Thank you. I appreciate it. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Christoph, the magician, ladies and gentlemen – uh, God, I can't, can't believe we missed that show by three weeks. <laughs> Seriously. That was a little bit of a calendar issue. <laughs> that was a little bit. What a nice guy. Magicians in general are, are quite nice people. Have you yeah, ever noticed that? I feel like it's hard to be an a-hole yeah. like, and be a magician. Because you isn't, have to be likable a little bit. Isn't it David Copperfield the one with the island? Yes. Island. Yeah. And, a, and a private jet. Don't forget that part. Yeah, there's a lot mm, of speculation familiar. about how he's a oh. very bad guy. Interesting. Some people I mean, you haven't heard that's from, true. You haven't heard about him in a long time, right? Yeah, that is true. I thought you were about to say you didn't hear it from me, and I was like, well, I this is... I never heard it from you, <laughs> Buster. He, he owns a 700-acre key near Nassau. Well. Yeah. I feel like that's like an evil layer. Yeah. He Magician. owns a what near NASA? 700-acre key. 700 acres? Yeah, Jeez, I that have a feeling spendy. that thing was worth, oh, $50 million. That's Woo! All? I, was, well, I felt like that would have been making, worth more. Well, he was making a ton of money. He was on television all the time with those mm-hmm. huge specials. Oh, God, he, and... he must be probably the richest magician ever, oh, I if I had to so. guess. No. Probably true. Well, I mean, you can rent it for $57,000 a night. 57 G's a night. That's yeah, it. No problem. He's, Air, he's airbnb How many people do we have to get together to I make mean, that $1,000 a night? That's got to be one of the <laughs> biggest keys in the world. Oh, they don't get that I big. Know, a key that's 700. That, uh, when Whoa. you said that, I went, what? Well, let's has, see. How big is Key West, I wonder? Key West has got to be more oh, it's than that. bigger, I'm sure. Uh, let's see. Oh, maybe not, though, because it's each individual key. Aren't the Bahamas basically keys? Uh, I think I they know. technically are. Key West is 4,600 acres. Oh, okay. So. Huge. Oh, so it's five times, six, seven yeah. times bigger. Well, still. And Although, I, I take a 700-acre key if anyone's giving them away. Right, I was going to say. Yeah, if anyone's sick to death of their key. <laughs> yeah. I just hate this key. You, you've outgrown your 700-acre key. The only yeah. thing is, you can't, really, yeah. you can't really <laughs> build a lot on those unless you are either extremely well-insured or extremely rich. Because oh. all it takes is one hurricane and it's all yeah. gone. Because you know, there's no like bedrock. Yeah, that's true. It's all just sand. Yeah. So all it takes is a strong breeze and everything just goes right into the ocean. So that wouldn't be good. Well, you can Worth put footings risk. way down. You can, but that's I mean, that's the only the way footings to build are going anything. to be in seawater. Well, if you just like laid a building on top of sand. A, Tropical storm's going to take it away. You got to do something. Well, that's what happens. <laughs> you got to do something. That's what happened to Little Palm Island. Oh. Tropical storm came through and flattened the entire thing. It did. The, every building on there was flattened, wasn't it? Well, so. most of the stuff there was built out of like bamboo that's, and thatch. Well, they do that roofs. on purpose. <laughs> it really was. That's right, actually yeah. that's that's um that's why 
in Japan, houses used to be built out of paper. Yeah. Because back then, there were so many fires that just wiped out entire cities. They were like, you know what? Let's just build it out of paper. It's cheap. And when it burns, it burns fast. Whatever. Yeah. <laughs> That's kind of how, like, the fast. idea is yeah. on the keys of building things cheap and fast. Because if it's going to get blown away, then no big right. loss. We're going to be here next year doing this again anyway. Yeah, so. exactly. And bamboo does grow fast. That's true, it does. I would imagine that's probably true. Yeah, I I don't know. It's <clears throat> I like these guys, you know, speaking of buying keys and islands and all that stuff. I just love this Jeff Bezos. Had to build a new ship because the ship he had didn't oh. have a helipad, so he had to have a place to oh land God. his helicopter uh, on the ship to get on his other ship. Oh, oh wait. <laughs> oh, wait. Ship? You got like oh, a yeah, thing like that he has? 350 yeah. feet or 400 feet long. Oh. It's huge. Hmm. But he couldn't land a helicopter on it, so he he tethered another ship to his ship so he could land his helicopter on the other ship. Why didn't he just sell that sh- the little right. baby piece of shit ship? Right, the little peasant, <laughs> the little peasant <laughs> ship that he's been sailing And get himself on. a proper ship. Once again, if you're giving it away, I'll take it. I don't need a helipad. No, you don't need a helipad. No, it might be nice, but I don't, I don't think you could it. afford the gas. God, we <laughs> sure, yeah. I'm pretty sure. No. Just we can't afford the I gas. I can't afford to be an employee on that <laughs> ship. <laughs> so, Tevin, Andy pointed something out the other day. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> you know that the richest person in the world right now is mm-hmm. Elon Musk, who's worth $225 billion. Correct. Right? Who was the guy back in the Middle Ages who was worth $47 trillion? Oh, uh, Augustus, I think. Augustus. Uh, that's Emperor what? of Rome. Oh, oh, well, okay. that makes yeah. sense, yeah. Yeah, because he, he just has all Egypt. the money. Emperors he, he usually owned, have yeah. all the money. He, he owned personally Egypt. owned Egypt. So he could have sold Egypt to someone and yeah, for like trillions and trillions of dollars, but who could afford that? He owned Egypt. Okay. I know. If I was, yeah... Anywhere near it. his lineage, I'd be trying to f- go back and find old yeah. records. Like, yeah, I, uh. What about me? Uh, turns out I get 10% of Egypt. Yes. <laughs> yeah, I get 10% of Egypt. Or maybe you wouldn't want to so. know because maybe he was like assassinated. Yeah, that could be too. I don't think Augustus was assassinated. No? Augu- there, was, there was an August. Augustus was assassinated, but I don't think it was the Usually same when guy. people own everything, it doesn't turn out no. well for them. <laughs> well, that's true. <laughs> people turn on you sooner or later. At oh. the age of 75. Oh, well, so maybe he wasn't a dick. 75? That's pretty old for back then. <laughs> right? Well, and then when you're worth trillions of dollars, you can afford the best leeches the money can buy. <laughs> get, get your blood I don't even out. know if they did bloodletting back then. I think it was more just like, you know, it is what it is kind of thing. Rub some ashes mm-hmm. on you. Yeah, for the basically. Best. You just, yeah. You, <laughs> you pray to one of your gods yeah. and hope for the best. I imagine that's probably true right there, ladies and gentlemen. I don't know. It's uh, the whole idea. Have you talked to either Lammers or Kristen Burt since the Alec Baldwin? Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, that's going to be good tomorrow. That is all the Internet's talking about right now. Yeah. You want to come on tomorrow? I'm I'm definitely going to be listening. I might have to come on tomorrow. You might have to. I don't have anything going on with Smart so what do you, why, what do you think Isn't about that, that? Just because, like, nuts? like, first of all, I didn't realize that they actually put real bullets into guns on movie sets. Like, I They don't. They're not they supposed don't. to. Right. So, like, how did that, like, how that even happens in the first place? Well, it's uh, like you've heard about um, Brandon Lee, Bruce Lee's son. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. On the set of The Crow. That was a prop gun, and it was blanks, but blanks still have gunpowder in them. So they still generate the force. It's just there's no bullet. So what happened with Brandon Lee, I don't think this is what happened with Alec Baldwin, but I could be wrong. So Brandon Lee, what happened was he fired the gun and it squibbed, which means that basically I think the casing, the shell, I don't know, something got stuck in the barrel. So they put in another blank, they fired that, and the force from the blank propelled what was stuck in the barrel into Brandon Lee. So well, it's it's a blank. Why are they pointing it right at people? Well, anyway, because it was like the camera yeah. lady, which you would think like, hey, just get out of the way. Yeah, you don't need to press record, and you don't need to be standing. Yeah, no, even with blanks, you never point yeah. a gun at no, someone. No, you don't point it right at blanks, somebody like on a the, set. Yeah, if you if you propel a squib with a blank, you know you can kill someone, no problem. Yeah, and then I saw that like they made a big announcement that the crew, the original crew, walked off set because of working conditions. So it was like a replacement crew that came in, and they're the ones to blame for cutting corners, and like they're already pointing fingers all over the place. And it's 
And then Alec Baldwin had some sort of tweet about how he didn't understand how anybody could be accidentally (laughs) shot or something like that. It's like, oh. And you just accidentally shot right. And so, like, he's not, like, in danger of going, like, he's not going to go to jail, right? No. Like, I, no, he's Alec Baldwin. Yeah. No, I'd say, as a matter of fact, there was a little testimony this morning. It said, uh, cameraman on the film set said Alec Baldwin was very careful with guns. Oh, I bet. That's what it says. I'm just telling you. He's super anti-gun. Yes, he is. So why is he handling a gun on a movie? Because it's a movie. Because money. Right. Well, yeah. you shouldn't be. If you're well, anti-gun, then don't be. Don't handle so guns on a movie. Pay me a lot of money to yeah, exactly. do this scene. I'll do. Oh, this so scene. put your morals aside yep, for money. Exactly. I get it. For fifty yeah. million dollars, first one to do it. I won't well, be the last. I know, yeah. but he's already got tons of money. Right, right, he, right, right. You know, if he's gonna talk the talk, he could buy a seven hundred acre walk. key if he wanted. <laughs> he <laughs> he probably has a couple. He probably does. Yes. And a ship with a helipad. Mm-hmm. Yes. Well, we've only got 45 seconds left, so I want to throw this in there. Probably our next president of the United States, DeSantis in Florida. Oh. Oh, he's going to run for president. Uh, they're going oh, to character assassinate him oh, every they day. they have been already. Yeah, it doesn't, yeah, no. Do they're not going to let it happen. Do you hear what he did today? No. DeSantis is reaching out to all the anti-vax cops in the United States. We'll give you $5,000 to move here. Well, you know what? He is what what's amazing though is he, he isn't anti-vax. No, he's vaccinated. DeSantis no. is not no, he's anti-vax. Not. He's not. You're right. The media keeps portraying it that way. Florida has as high of vaccination rates as Minnesota it does, or yeah. New York. Yep. They're very. It's not an mm-hmm. anti-vax state. He also just wants to have for the people that don't want to be vaccinated. He wants to have medicine to cure mm-hmm. you. That's what he wants to do. Mm-hmm. That's why he's such an evil, horrible man. I know. Doesn't but make any sense. That's pretty He's trying to get every cop in the United States to move to Florida. That, well, yeah. <laughs> well, that and like now he's just in the headlines and people are talking about him. So it's one of those like kind of Trump school. Absolutely. It's because first of all, he's, he's from like, Florida. Oh, you want a show? Do he's yeah. a Republican. So they have been ever since he got elected. Like the second he, they, he got elected, the media mm-hmm. has been on his ass. Yeah, we got to yep. take a break here, but I got to ask you a question. Think about this on the way back. Um, I just, no, ah, no, it'll take too long. I'll do it in the next segment because Taki Economopolis is coming up in the next segment with the family.